You are locked on Redskins. Your daily Washington Redskins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Every day. Every day. We have a lunatic named Chris Russell that works for this radio station. I'm yeah, sure I know that guy. I'm sure you're familiar. I'm just curious what your opinion is on him. Well, <laughs> never really liked Chris. Yeah. Really, anybody at the media at all, everybody who shreds me in the media, I'm not a big fan of. But No, Chris has always been pretty fair. I like Chris. All right, guys, good to have you with us. It is finally over. The Redskins 2018 regular season came to a thud of an ending on Sunday evening at FedEx Field or Fed Up Field or home of the Fed Up fans. That's right. Landover, Maryland, 24 to nothing to the defending Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles who had everything to play for. And as it turns out, because of Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings losing at home to the Chicago Bears, coupled with the Eagles win, again, 24 nothing over the Redskins, the Eagles clinch the final playoff spot in the NFC and head to the playoffs while the Redskins and Jay Gruden and Bruce Allen head home. Who knows what is ahead? Maybe by the time you listen to this, there'll be massive changes. Uh, we will update you as soon as we possibly can. Uh, always make sure you follow me on Twitter at Russellmania621, at Locked Redskins, and of course at Locked on NFL Net for Twitter and Instagram coverage of all of our NFL teams and correspondence at Locked on NFL Net for breaking news information with Black Monday and the end of the regular season and the playoffs, of course, uh, ahead. This is episode number one. 53, 153 of the Locked on Redskins podcast. It is good to have you with us. Even though the season has come to an end, we can talk about everything moving forward and what happened on Sunday, what didn't happen on Sunday. And I guess that's where we have to kind of start uh, with what did happen on Sunday or, again, what kind of happened on Sunday, uh, which is is, well, one team basically showed up on offense, and that's the Philadelphia Eagles, and one team didn't bother to show up at all. Uh, Listen, the Philadelphia Eagles are a good football team. Make no mistake about it, nobody expected the Washington Redskins to win this game. What I didn't and what I don't think anybody with any kind of reasonable mind expect was this, complete and utter domination by the Eagle defense, and complete ineptitude by the Redskins offense. Uh, Let's take the Redskins offense in a nutshell and just tell you what they did or did not do. They had eight first downs. They were 0 for 9 on third down. They had 89 net yards of offense, 44 offensive plays, an average of two yards per offensive play. 21 net rushing yards, 61 net passing yards, only two penalties for 15 yards, a turnover, five punts averaging 44.8 yards per punt. No touchdowns, of course. No field goals, of course. All three of their timeouts remaining in the second half. Woohoo! And 16 minutes and 41 seconds time of possession. That was what the Redskins did or did not do on offense. Josh Johnson, 12 of 27, 91 yards, an interception, a rating of 37-7. The Redskins' best quarterback, 
He's now two for two in his career, punter Tressway. They did convert on a fourth down fake punt, a pass of seven yards to Jehu Chesson. That was his only catch of the day. Tressway, one of one. Remember back in week three in 2016 when he pulled off a fake punt to Quinton Dunbar, now a corner, well, still a corner. He was a corner then, but a former college receiver on a fake punt that helped the Redskins get their first win of the year in 2016 after an ON2 start. So um, Tressway, ultimately the Redskins' best quarterback. That's not what you want to hear. From a rushing perspective, again, we told you, only 21 net rushing yards. Chris Thompson led the way with two attempts for 10 yards, including a long of nine. Samaj P. Ryan, three attempts, seven yards, a long of six. Johnson, three attempts, four rushing yards, a long of six. Obviously, some losses included in that mix in terms of the net-net. And Adrian Peterson, four attempts, no net rushing yards. He did have a long of four. So, again, obviously some negative carries mixed in there. That's how you get the net of zero. But four carries, zero net rushing yards for Adrian Peterson and the Redskins offense. Receiving, Josh Doxon led the way. Two catches on four targets for 33 yards. Michael Floyd, two catches on three targets for 15. Chris Thompson, five catches for 14 yards, a whopping Less than three yards per catch average on eight targets. Uh, Flanagan, the young tight end. Matt Flanagan, a catch for 14 yards. Kidsey, a young wide receiver. One catch, two targets for eight yards. Jamison Crowder, what could have been his final game with the Redskins, one catch for seven yards with eight targets. Wow. Eight targets. Uh, Josh Johnson could have had a big one to Jamison Crowder inside the 10-yard line. Who knows if he catches it? Maybe he gets uh, momentum going again and towards the end zone. Maybe it's a touchdown. Maybe it's a completely different game. But he kind of underthrew it, and the safety was able to recover and break up the pass. Uh, and that's how that uh, particular situation ended. Again, close, but not close enough by any means. And Jamison Crowder only finishes with one catch on eight targets. Uh, On the defensive side for the Washington Redskins, Zach Brown led the way with 11 combined tackles. Mason Foster, 10 combined tackles. Um, Sean Deon Hamilton had a sack for a five-yard loss. Stacey McGee had a sack for a three-yard loss. Ryan Kerrigan had his 13th sack of the year, a four-yard loss. Uh, I thought Pernell McPhee played reasonably well, had a pass knockdown, was active, uh, so that's good. Um... Preston Smith in what may have been his final game with the Redskins. Him and Ryan Kerrigan apparently exchanged jerseys. Uh, Normally you see exchanging jerseys uh, between uh, opponents. In this particular one, you saw this, according to reporters, uh, in the locker room. So I don't know what that tells you. I mean, I think certainly there's a strong case to be made that Preston Smith is not going to be back here with the Washington Redskins in 2019. Although, uh, a, a case can certainly be made that he should be because, uh, a again, strong case, reasonably strong case can be made that he was the better of the two between him and Kerrigan, despite Kerrigan having the bigger sack numbers. All right, we will come back and tell you more about, uh, you know, th- this this football game and what it meant and what it didn't mean and what happened and what didn't happen. Also, 
We'll look ahead to the Redskins' 2019 opponents. That has been determined now, and we believe what is going to be their slot in the first round of the 2019 NFL Draft. That's next right here on the Locked on Redskins podcast. Good to have you aboard with us. But first, guys, is your company looking for a new way to reach customers? Well, your company can be mentioned right here and right now. Podcast listeners are 60% more likely to interact with sponsors they hear on their podcasts. Our demographic is 98% males and has more education and earning than traditional media audiences. Have your company sponsor this podcast, Locked on Redskins and the Locked on Sports Podcast Network. Email me at russellmania09. That's R U S S E L L M A N I A 09, russellmania09 at gmail.com, and I'll get you all the details. My son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. All right, guys, we welcome you aboard. Uh, this is the Locked on Redskins podcast. I'm Chris Russell, uh, and we are... At episode number 153, 153 for the Locked on Redskins podcast as the offseason is officially upon us. The Redskins losing 24 nothing to the Philadelphia Eagles at FedEx Field on Sunday. So the Redskins, from a perspective of who they will take on in 2019, let's do this. They will, of course, host the Dallas Cowboys, the New York Giants, and the Philadelphia Eagles. They will also host Mitch Trubisky and the Chicago Bears in that great defense. Matt Patricia, we assume, and the Detroit Lions. Tom Brady, we assume, and the New England Patriots. The New York Jets with a new head coach. They fired Todd Bowles on Sunday night. More on that in just a little bit. And Kyle Shanahan and the San Francisco 49ers, presumably with Jimmy Garoppolo, back at the helm. They'll also go on the road to face, of course, the NFC East three, the Dallas Cowboys, the New York Giants, the Philadelphia Eagles. Then they'll visit the Buffalo Bills, the Carolina Panthers, Lambeau Field and the Green Bay Packers, Hard Rock Stadium, and the Miami Dolphins haven't been down there since 2011, and the Minnesota Vikings, and of course, Kirk Cousins in Minneapolis. And of course, again, if you missed it, Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings losing to the Chicago Bears in a win-and-in scenario uh, at home, and the Bears pretty much not playing for much. And the Bears were able to win that game, and they'll host the Philadelphia Eagles in the playoffs next week. Um, So, once again, the Redskins... While coming up short in their game and their season and finishing at 7-9, and nine, one can argue that their greatest win this season was moving on from Kirk Cousins. You know, Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings kind of struggled all year long from that awful loss to then 0-2 Buffalo at home. Uh, Buffalo still wasn't very good the rest of the year. Um, you know, firing John Filippo, the offensive coordinator, a couple of weeks ago after a shutout loss in Seattle. Their defense was spotty. It was nowhere near as dominant and as good as it used to be. Their running game up and down. Their offensive line dreadful. Season got off to a terrible start. 
when Tony Sperano, their offensive line coach, tragically passed away uh, just a couple of days before training camp. And it looks like the Redskins, and I know certainly Redskins fans, will make this argument that they absolutely made the right decision in moving on from Kirk Cousins. Listen, uh, I totally agree with the notion that you should not have paid Kirk Cousins $26, $27, 28000000 million, whatever it turned out to be, that he would have accepted or taken from the Washington Redskins. I, I totally agree with that. Nobody thought that was a wise investment, even with the quarterback market and the financial market being completely out of whack and lacking complete common sense. Kirk Cousins is a good to very good quarterback. He's not a great quarterback. He's not a Hall of Fame quarterback. He never will be a great quarterback. He is a good to very good quarterback, depending on the opponent, week, situation, game, everything. That's it, period. That's what he's always been. That's probably what he'll always be. Does he have that big game, Gene? Obviously, he is struggling with that at this point. There is no doubt he lacks that right now in his DNA, the ability to constantly win or to once in a while win these big win-and-in-type home playoff or play-in games. Clearly, that is part of the problem and what the Minnesota Vikings have to evaluate now because it's no longer the Redskins' problem. But I would argue that, of course, the Redskins, again, by their own lack of trust in the in the process, screwed themselves from a salary perspective, then had to make a bad trade for Alex Smith, who, yes, was a great leader. Yes, they were 6-3 and three when he went out for the year. Yes, it's unfortunate. No, you couldn't have possibly predicted. Couldn't have possibly predicted that Alex Smith's career would be in jeopardy nine and a half games into his Redskins career because that's where we are. But you didn't have to give him the extension. You wanted to give him the extension because you wanted a quarterback to commit to you, and you wanted to prove to the NFL, and you wanted to prove to your fan base, we were right, Kirk Cousins was wrong. We were willing to commit at a fair deal, Kirk Cousins was selfish. You went out, you tried to prove that, you tried to show the world that you knew more than they did, and the media, that they knew more, you knew more than they did. And ultimately, it looked good at first, but now what do you have? Sure, nobody's suggesting that they'd rather have Kirk Cousins at $27, 28000000 million, but would you rather have Kirk Cousins at $20 million, like they could have had, at $19.5 million, like they could have had? Would you rather have that, or would you rather have, quite honestly, Alex Smith, who we don't know is going to play again, a lot of money invested in him, between 20 and $40 million under the salary cap in 2019, regardless of what happens. Again, 40 being kind of the high number and the high side if he doesn't come back ever and he retires. 20.5 uh, being the 2019 scheduled cap figure. Would you rather have Kirk Cousins at 20 or 21 or 19 and a half or whatever it is, disappointing, maybe, yes, Falling short, maybe, yes. Would you rather have that or, again, the situation that we outlined with Alex Smith and no Kendall Fuller? And don't forget, they also traded a third-round pick. They also traded a third-round pick to Kansas City. Now, they regrouped or recovered, recouped that third-round pick, he said in English, and then drafted Jaron Christian, who was clearly not ready to go. But the bottom line is, I'd rather have Kirk Cousins, even though he failed on Sunday with the Minnesota Vikings, allowing the Philadelphia Eagles <clears throat> to make the playoffs. Uh, again, the Redskins are currently scheduled, according to multiple reports, to draft 
15th overall in the 2019 NFL Draft. Now, again, that is subject to reports. Uh, That is not me officially reporting that. I haven't done the math uh, yet. Uh, And I guess there could be a wonky scenario that that number slightly changes. But we all knew at 7-9 and they were going to be somewhere in that range. Looks like uh, after being 13th last year at 7-9 and and 17th the year before that uh, at 8-7-1, and the Redskins will likely be right in the middle of the first round again at a reported 15th overall pick. All right, when we come back here on the Locked on Redskins podcast again, episode number 153, we will talk about what potentially lies ahead in the coming days. And of course, we'll have full coverage for you throughout the offseason right here on the Locked on Redskins podcast. Thanks for downloading us. Thanks for being with us again. Stay up to date at WrestleMania 621, at Locked Redskins, and at Locked on NFL Net on Instagram and Twitter for all of your breaking news and NFL information. All right, we are back on the Locked on Redskins podcast, episode number 153. We'll wrap up this way on this misery Monday and the end of the regular season and the end of the Redskins 2018 season. Again, they lose 24 to nothing to the Philadelphia Eagles who clinch a playoff spot. Redskins finish at 7-9. and nine. Uh, We'll run through some of the big burning issues right away and kind of my thoughts on them. Uh, and, of course, you can always email me, WrestleMania09 at gmail.com. WrestleMania09 at gmail.com is how you can email me. Uh, and I'll get right back to you as soon as we can. Uh, and, again, follow me on Twitter, at WrestleMania621, at Locked Redskins, and at Locked on NFL Net for all of your NFL news and information with Black Monday upon us and the playoffs and everything in between. Uh, I think Jay Gruden is staying I would be very surprised if he is out. The only scenario that I could see Jay Gruden uh, not returning as Redskins head coach is this. If Dan Snyder and Bruce Allen say you must fire, fill in the blank coach, and let's start with Greg Minuski, the defensive coordinator. You must fire Greg Minuski. And Jay Gruden digs in and for whatever reason really in his heart feels, because nobody's got a solid handle on this, really in his heart feels that Greg Minuski is the problem and is the sacrificial lamb and is the right thing to do. And if Jay Gruden is given the opportunity to fire him and hire a new defensive coordinator, maybe it's a Todd Bowles, which we'll get into in a sec. The only way I could see Jay Gruden getting fired, again, is if he draws a line in the sand and says, I'm not firing these guys. It's either me or, you know, like if you want them fired, I'm going to. And then you're out an entire coaching staff. That's the only scenario that I could see. Maybe I'm wrong, but everything I've been told, everything that I've heard, everything that makes sense with two more years left on his deal and Jay Gruden not really being the problem, I just don't see another scenario. Uh, As far as Bruce Allen, there is all sorts of rumors and speculation still that Bruce Allen is not um, completely safe. I've heard that he is. Um, I don't know if that's true 100%. A loss like Sunday and an Eagles heavy crowd of about 75% by estimates from members of the media and fans could certainly turn the worm. Uh, Joe Gibbs was with Dan Snyder on Sunday. He clearly consults with him and advises him and gives his opinion and his thought process. Maybe Joe says something that convinces Dan. I'll believe it when I see it. I don't think Bruce Allen is going anywhere. I'd be surprised. 
Maybe they bring in, and I've talked about this, another football mind. Maybe it's Joe Gibbs in an official advisor, consultant role capacity, not just here and there. I know he's got Joe Gibbs racing, but maybe they do that. Or maybe they find a top young uh, up-and-coming executive whose contract, quite honestly, is up, and they can bring him into the fold and somehow snatch him away from his current team. You know, a Will McClay from the Dallas Cowboys. I can't imagine that the Cowboys allow that. Um, you know, I, I, I don't I don't see I don't see somebody that has any cachet, somebody that has any real leverage. I mean, you know, again, Eric DaCosta is going to take over in Baltimore, a Scott Fitterer, a Trent Kirshner, who are the co-directors of player personnel with the Seattle. I, I, I don't see that type of situation happening because why would you? Why would you, if you are one of those guys and you have leverage and you have a good situation, why would you go to an organization as dysfunctional and as power mad and basically low upside as the Washington Redskins, even though there's some things to work with here. To me, I think you would have to be talking about a desperate, desperate person to get back in the game. You know, I don't think it's a Charlie Casserly. I don't think from everything that I, I've i heard, I don't think it's Bruce's old friend, A.J. Smith. I don't think it's any of those guys. Um, you know, again, maybe it's Joe Gibbs. I don't know. Maybe it's a Mike Lombardi. I'm not sure. Um, Chick Hernandez, who is a media personality in the Washington, D.C. area and has long been a television host, promised an old familiar name coming back into the building. I don't know what that means. I don't know what that is. But certainly the Redskins need to change something and need to find something to reconnect and give a little bit of inspiration and a little bit of hope to their fan base. The only thing I have besides monitoring, as I've been told, the Joe Gibbs situation, again, I'll just leave it at that. There is a potential that something could happen there is that Dan Snyder is, in the words of one source, sick in big capital letters over the Redskins and the state of the franchise. So maybe he's upset enough to not remove his best buddy, Bruce Allen but maybe he's upset enough to finally bring in a real football executive and allow them the keys to the franchise and instruct Bruce to stay away. And as long as that person can have some sort of immediate success, and as long as that person isn't as dysfunctional and dealing with as many personal demons as Scott McLuhan was the last time they tried something like this, maybe that happens. Maybe that finally, finally is allowed to happen. Again, I think it went sideways with McLuhan, not because he wasn't good at his job, but because he was way, 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 way too much of a disaster behind the scenes. What I would do is I would promote Eric Schaefer to president of football operations. I would promote Kyle Smith. I would remove Bruce Allen from any and all football operations. Um, If Doug Williams wants to stay, fine, but he would not be the executive director of player personnel. My fear is that by not promoting any of these guys, Kyle Smith more than Eric Schaefer, I think, 
a guy like Kyle Smith could leave the organization in some sort of capacity, whether it's for another job or whether it's just flat out leaving. And then on top of that, I think you could be looking at Bill Callahan either being uh, some people uh, like my 1067, the fan colleague, Craig Hoffman's has potentially fired. Uh, I believe that's what Craig told me on Sunday night. I've heard that Bill Callahan is fed up, frustrated, and wants out. You could be looking at Jim Tom Sula leaving. You could be looking at other assistant coaches jumping ship. I don't know if there's any other big names that would make you go, oh, Kevin O'Connell, the quarterback's coach, highly regarded in both college and pro, is the biggest name. And to me, there's a simple fix to that. Make him the play caller and the offensive coordinator, but really make him the play caller because I think Jay Gruden has proven that he's got too much on his plate and can be a better offensive mind and a better head coach if he doesn't have the day-to-day and the game-to-game and the play-to-play responsibility of also being an offensive coordinator. So that's a quick look, maybe not so quick, look at where the Redskins are entering Black Monday and entering the offseason once again. It is here. Once again, change is expected to happen. Maybe by the time you listen to this, uh, we will see and we will try and update as quickly as possible. Thanks to everyone for listening. Happy New Year. If uh, we don't exchange before then, uh, hope you have a blessed and safe and happy New Year. And hopefully 2019 is better to all of us and to the Redskins than 2018 has been. Thanks for being with us. Again, episode number 153 of the Locked on Redskins podcast. I'm Chris Russell. Adios.